All right, well, let's do this. What are we talking about? Uh, this is episode 225. Oh, come on. Yeah, as we, resolutions. As, as we do. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do we think that, like, do you think that, like, someone just accidentally subscribed? They're like, maybe. Maybe. Smash. Like, every subscribe, every button they see that says subscribe, they're like, done. They got to do it. Thumbs up yeah, it. You, like it. I, I thought about this a little bit too much as as I saw that this was 225. I was like, man, it's a shame that 224 wasn't the previous episode going into 24 and all that. I, but. You know what? Because at the start, you had the show notes. Uh, you left the 224 in there. And I thought, wow, what a coincidence. It's 224 and we're going to talk about 2024 stuff. And then I realized, oh, no, that was a mistake. It's, it's really it. 225. Yeah. Hey, hey, so... Hey, for real, we actually need to say who we are. Reply all. And, and, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. So I'm Alan Underwood. I'm Joe Zach. I'm, I'm, is this a joke? I'm uh, Michael joke. Outlaw. Oh, good. Right. If you're just joining us, if it was one of your New Year's resolutions to find uh, more tech information podcasts, so we welcome you. We're sorry. Our oh. <laughs> awkward intro. Yeah. So, God, they kill me with this. All right. So, um, all right, so we are going to talk about 2023 and 2024 in this episode. Before we get before we get into the reviews and all the good stuff that we typically do. So I actually ran into somebody that listens to the show the other day. And ironically enough, like I, I wear one of the Coding Blocks t-shirts every other week or so, right? And I happened to be out and about. I was at Whole Foods down the road from where Outlaw and I, and maybe soon to be out at Jay-Z, live. And and I was, I, I was putting the shopping cart back up or something. And the guy's like, are you Michael Outlaw? And I was like, oh. I was like, nice. no. <laughs> uh, he's like, but it, 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 hold, do you, do you do Cody Plucks? I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. I was like, yeah, I'm Alan Underwood. He's like, I, I knew I recognized the voice. I just didn't know whose it was. And and he's like, and I was wearing the T-shirt. He's like, you are your Cody Plucks. So a guy named Steven, I don't know his last name. Uh, he ran he, into me. He talked probably wouldn't want you to put him on blast anyways. Yeah, right. But I was like, look, dude, seriously, contact us. We'll, we'll do lunch. Like, we're, we're right around here. So, you know. And you'll see that we look nothing alike. Like, well, that's there right. There be no mistaking us. <laughs> just just bald-headed, good-looking guys. That's all. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, like, Stephen, if you listen to this, I um, appreciate you reaching out. He, he actually works for Microsoft Azure. Oh, and nice. So, yeah, it was really cool that he stopped me and said hi to me. He, his hands were full, and I was like, well, I guess I can shake his hand to drop all the stuff. So, you know, it's kind of awkward. But, um, yeah, it was really fun and really cool to have somebody be like, hey, are you? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of me. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so people don't completely know our voices yet. It's only been a few episodes. So, you know, I guess we need to say it when, when we do these. Well, it doesn't help when you get your voice all high-pitched up there like in my register. What are you talking about? That's what I do. When you just did that, like that's yeah, that's not fair. Of course, that's they're going to mix it up. That's how I talk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So in this, in this episode, we're going to sort of look back at what we said we were going to do in 2023. Maybe some of us will, uh, and then you know, kind of what we're looking forward to in 2024 and what what the plans are, and you know, see if they all completely come off the rails as we go. So, you know, without further ado, as we like to do, we like to have outlaw. Here, read off the names as he does. You're welcome. Yep, yep. All right. So uh, from iTunes, we have AN012. And this one, I'm pretty sure this is how this one's going to be pronounced. So bear with me. <laughs> AJ's Wizzle. <laughs> Correct. 
You got you nailed it. Thank you. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And the the Bay's girl. Thank you. Which I don't it, know. By you, the way, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you do. No, yeah. did you read her? Her? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great, right? It was like it was great, but also like, oh, somebody's going to take that serious, <laughs> right? Yeah. So hers was hilarious. The title of it is just bad, and yeah. then and then her. Her actual review was so bad I want to barf. <laughs> but she gave us five stars. So it's like, oh, I guess I can play too much, but pretty sure that's good. Yeah. <laughs> right? I like, think it's she's gonna vomit because she's laughing so hard. Yeah, it's like when bad is 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 cool, you know, like that's so yeah, bad, that's yeah. so cool. You know, it's like a really old thing, you know. So, but now like if you vomit, that's cool, right? Like that just means you're partying good, right? Yeah, I think we went back to eighties on this one. Yeah. We so bad we're good. Yeah. So right. yeah, that one was fun. That that yeah, was, we shouldn't mention, you know, when we ask for reviews, uh, it's really the stars that we're asking for. You can <laughs> put whatever you want in there. So if you're not a star, please don't leave us a review, right? Like the oh like you didn't five mean stars like that. you can write whatever you want. The 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 other one, by the way, the how do you say his name again? I think you nailed it. Oh AJ Swizzle. There we go. Yeah. So his was pretty good because I think he's Randy from, uh, what is it? It's not America's Got Talent. What was the other one? The super popular one for a long time? Trailer Park Boys. No, no, no. The, the one where uh, Kelly Clarkson came from. What's, what's the, uh, Oh, uh, American Idol. American Idol. Yeah. So Randy on there, he's, <laughs> he said, so all oh, yeah, in all, yeah. it's a, it's a yes for me, dog. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Hey, we got Randy from American Idol. Yeah, we here. did. So there, there were some great ones. All right. So uh, let, let's get back to uh, you got Spotify as well. Yeah. So also from Spotify, uh, you know, Rodney, Dylan, Ghost Merck, and Finn Pomfret. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, I don't know. Maybe I know how to pronounce some names now because I got <laughs> the last one right. He's been studying. <laughs> no, no, no. Did, oh, did you oh, see? Did you see? Uh, which episode, I think it was in the last episode where uh, Stefan oh, said yes. that I that my pronunciation was was pretty closer. Good. Yeah, it was pretty good. And that like even one of the other names, uh, I think it was a German name. He said, "He's like, no, you're pretty good. You're pretty close on both of them." So I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> outlaw growing." All right, and that's and it then- for my New Year's resolutions for the year. I am complete. <laughs> Jay Z, you got you got a few things. Uh, yeah, I wanted to mention uh, Orlando Code Camp is coming up uh, February 24th, and you should go. It's awesome. Uh, you get to hang out, meet a lot of speakers. It's a free event. Uh, usually have t-shirts, you know, sponsors work out, and uh, usually have lunch. Also, uh, sponsors work out, which it always has. So, Well, how many sets do they do? You said they work out. How many? How many sets? Uh, uh, I work out. Remember that song? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I Talk about still going back that. in time. Is that, is that yeah. going to be our whole thing? That was a good song. We'll have that in the resource. It was a good like. song, was it? <laughs> I mean, I still, it was a great still song. You're right. Quote it slash sing it on occasion. Yeah. Uh, well, I've got I've got All a right. teenage son who's always trying to like bow up to me and act like he's bigger. I'm Wait a minute. Like, Hold on. It's not Boomer Hour yet. Hold on. You got. You're getting. Ahead. <laughs> no, I'm not complaining. Not complaining. <laughs> That's just a, a funny. All right. So I actually had a random thought. So I, I've ironically before this episode, I was having networking problems, which really irritates me. But, but so this is not security now. So I won't go too technically super crazy deep on the technical whys and everything, but something has really been bugging me I, the past few months. 
like the more smart devices you put in your home, call them thermostats, cameras, whatever, right? Like the, everything smart, plugs, uh, lights, switches, everything. It's all there. What bugs me is they're all on the same network as all my other stuff, my NAS, my, my personal laptops, my whatever, right? Like I cannot stand that they've got access to that same stuff. And what bugs me is most, most of your routers, Wi-Fi access points, that kind of stuff that are consumer grade things, right? Like residential type things, they'll have two access point IDs, two SSIDs, that are available typically one's usually your guest network and the other one's typically your main network. Right. And you can keep those segregated so that anything on your guest network can't see what's on your main network, which is great. However, if you need more than just that, then it kind of stinks. So the guest network that doesn't necessarily solve your problem, right? Because that's supposed to be. So if somebody comes over and you want to be able to get on your network, you can just give them that, right? And that's that's what it's supposed to be for. So it still doesn't solve the problem of taking your IoT devices and putting them on their own thing, right? Away from everything else. Well, well they're away from all your stuff. They're just with any guest. <laughs> right, right. And then And then to take it one step further than that, there are, I just want to call out, I want to say that it's the new Netgear Orbeez have three SSIDs mm-hmm. that you can do. Those things are expensive. Like you're, you're oh, yeah. close to two, you're, you're close to two grand on that setup that can actually do the three. And what really started to bug me is it's like, why is this not a thing? Why, why has this not been easier for people to do? And let's be honest, I don't plan on firmware upgrading my stuff to put open WRT on it. I don't want to deal with all that. Right. Like, I want the firmware that came with my stuff and I want to use it. So for that reason, I'm actually thinking about going away from my setup, which is currently like some Asus routers. Like they're, they're pretty nice. They're Wi-Fi 6E routers and, and, and access points and all that Zen stuff. Wi-Fi to be more Zen specific. Wi-Fi. Right. Which Asus makes some good mesh Wi-Fi stuff. Like I, I'm not going to down, downplay it or anything. Like it's pretty good, but it's still very basic setup. And what I want so I want to be able to set up VLANs so I can separate my IoT devices from my work devices, from my home devices, from that kind of stuff, right? And I started doing some research, and there's Unify that's been out there for a while. Their stuff is kind of pricey. Uh, you can get it, like if you go to Micro Center, they'll have that stuff there. It's kind of pricey. It works really well. But TP-Link also has their own brand of like... I guess it's enterprise business grade type stuff, but they've kind of got a, a cross section between the stuff that's more prosumer versus true enterprise type stuff. And it's called Omada and I'll have a link in the show notes, but you can get a reasonable setup that will do everything that you want it to for probably about like, if I wanted to set up my entire house, the square footage, the floor separation, all that kind of stuff with theirs, It'll probably cost me uh, a little over a thousand dollars, which ain't cheap. Like, don't get me wrong; it's not inexpensive. However, I can set up VLANs, I can segregate traffic, I can lock things out, I can I can truly set up the network to be the way that I want it to be, and and that gives me more functionality than the twenty than the two thousand dollar Netgear Orbi setup that that has the three SSIDs. So, at any rate, I. Uh, 
it's just interesting. I thought I'd bring it up if anybody else listens to it. And actually it was, it was Steve Gibson from security now, like a couple years ago when he was talking about the way to do it, his was a little bit more complicated because he was talking about using residential stuff and then having like separate routers set up and separate Wi-Fi access points. And like, you know, you were truly just going to be piecing stuff together left and right. This is more of a unified system that has a management console to where you can just go in and set the stuff up and then it'll work for you. Right. So it's made to do that instead of you trying to piecemeal stuff together. So at any rate, if you're considering any of that kind of stuff, like I said, I'll have a link in the show notes. And if you have questions about it, I mean, hit me up on, on Slack or whatever, and we'll have a conversation about it. Cause it's really interesting to me. Yeah. He's he, if I remember correctly, uh, Steve Gibson was a big fan of the ubiquity edge routers because yep. there you could have like massive control over it and you could have each individual port be its own separate VLAN if you wanted to. So all the traffic could be segregated away from each other. And then with that setup, you could have like a different access point connected to a different port. So you could have like these multiple, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, access point set up for your, your, your house or whatever, but, um, you know, technically be routed on separate on different traffic. Yep. And you, you know, can do the same different VLANs. Yeah. You, and you can do the same exact setup with this, with this Omada stuff. And, and I'm sure like even with the other unified stuff you can as well. Um, but it's just, it's just, I don't like having a bunch of stuff on my network that you don't even know what it's doing, right? Like you don't know what traffic's coming out of that. You don't know how it's pinging things on your network. It just drives me crazy. I just, I don't know. Uh, I would probably just take a cheaper approach. <laughs> Which until, is? Until until it didn't work. Yeah, I would just run like two different sets, you know, of hardware. Like, God. Uh, just then you to, have conf- just then to, you have Wi-Fi signals like fighting each other all over your house, right? Um, maybe, but they're, the whole, there's the whole point is that they're supposed to, uh, like find a channel that's not in use and stay on that channel because how would, how would you doing that in your house where things like you're going to have two, how would that be any different than some of the apartment buildings in any given big city, right? Where like every apartment right. has their own one. So you running two in your house is not really that big a deal. And so, you know, you, you could have two different mesh you could even go with different vendors if you wanted you to just two different mesh networks and then plug them into different uh, ports on your, on your router from your uh, ISP. Right. And, you know, be good enough. Told me. Yeah, that could work. But I mean, let's be honest, like that ACES setup, like if I were to buy two of those, I'd be right up there at the same price or more than the Omada, right? Like those, those ETHs are not cheap. Like they're, they're kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But. I mean, I, I tried those, you know, so, mm-hmm. so you have, you have a pair of my hand-me-downs yep. and I, you know, that I just wasn't as happy with. So, I mean, it, you, you're definitely, it's definitely a fair call out to say that your mileage is going to vary depending on like, in terms of cost, like what is going to be your preferred brand? Cause, uh, you know, I think I would come ahead, you know, similar cost it, it, at best similar cost, if not ahead, but yeah. Also, too, um, the main reason why I would do that was just the ease of it. Yeah, totally. And I get that. But I will say there's another thing about the the Yomadas that is kind of attractive, and it's that they have outdoor 
setups for access points and stuff, right? So if you've got an area outside that, that you typically go to that has a weaker signal or whatever, they've actually got solutions for that. So it's all part of it, right? Like matter of fact, when you go to their site, you could say, Hey, what's your use case? It could be, Hey, I, I own and operate a hotel and, and it'll tell you all the pieces you need to do it. Right. Or you could say residential, like I did, and it could say, Hey, do you have an outside area that you're trying to access? And it'll tell you all the things that you can set up. So, you know, I don't know if it'll be easier or harder. It, my guess is it'll be harder with what I want to do because configuring any kind of stuff like that is an insane um, thing if you've never done it. So, yeah, it, it may actually be more difficult um, it, mentally to get it going properly. And it might actually make my whole family mad, but I try to figure it out. I asked the one thing that, like, I mean, listen, you know, for anyone that's like, oh, that's a crazy idea what Outlaw said to have to you, like, you know, if, no, if your thing, like if you super enjoy, you know, getting into the, to the weeds of that and setting that up by all means, go for it. I'm not going to, I'm not telling you, you shouldn't like pursue your happiness, like go for it. But, uh, you know, to me, it's that, that's an appliance that I just want it to work. I want it, I want to think about it as little as I have to, you know, it's like my, it's like a microwave, right? Like that's why it's still blinking 12. <laughs> that's actually the problem that i have is i want it to be an appliance too except for the fact that i have all these things plugged into my network that i just don't like them being on the same thing where my sensitive data and, and all that kind of stuff it drives me crazy well that's so, why like even if i were going to even that though like i'm like well i don't know man you know primary network guest network would be you know good enough in my mind but even but even the Zenify Wi-Fi though I could have sworn that one supported three. Nope, only two. I've been all over the settings in that thing, like all over them, and it drives me insane. Now you can set up there's there's some sort of radius server type thing you can set up, which I I have no experience with. I don't know uh, anything about I believe it. That's an authentication thing. Well, with that, you can set up VLAN type routing and you can make it a member of it. But I was like, man, I'm not doing that. I, I don't, I don't plan on setting up another appliance that I got to figure out how that thing works. I just, you know, want my Wi Fi to work and I want to have to think about it. But I want everything segregated on different networks so they can't talk to my, all my stuff. Why can't so, I what I do that? is, yeah, <laughs> I just use my neighbors whenever I'm having problems. <laughs> That's where I put all my uh, IoT stuff. Uh, that's amazing. All right. So that was my last random thought before we actually get into things. So I guess, uh, I guess we're going in order of what we have here in the document. So, um, it's funny. I I started listing out what I want to do in 2024 and I look back at my 2023 goals and they were mostly the same. So, so some of them I failed on, some of them I did all right with. So, uh, looking back at 2023, the things that I actually did that weren't even on my list, but it just kind of came in based off the episodes we did. And you can probably think outlaw for some of that is like DevOps is a culture. Like I, I've fully bought into that, right? Like I, it's not that I don't think it can be a role. I think that everybody should still participate. And I think by not doing it, you're doing a disservice to your team. So fully on board with that. I, I, I tried like crazy to make sure that anytime something came up that, that was sort of that, that sort of realm that I didn't just go knocking on somebody's door and been like, Hey, outlaw, this thing's not working. Right. Or, or, Hey, so-and-so I need you to go look at that. I would actually try and find and dig into it and figure out what was going on. And I think ultimately it, it, it made 
everything stronger because then when, when conversations came up about, oh, well, this is happening, then I could actually have some insight and some input, maybe valuable, maybe not, but Hey, I saw this. What about this? Right? Like I could ask questions that are at least relevant at that point. So I think that buying into that was, was a big one for me in 2023. I can't stand being dependent on somebody else for knowledge. Like it, it's yeah. just a pet peeve of mine because you know, there might be times where like, I want to do something at you know 10 o'clock at night and I don't want to have to be like, Oh, but how do I, but I got to go. I guess I'll have to wait until the morning to ask. So, right. so like I'm, we all run into those situations. They're inevitable. But like, if I, if there's, if I can just take the time to learn it so that I can avoid that, then I will do it. I think we're tinkerers by nature. So we're, we're, already curious right so anytime i can dig into something i will but like i said it, it was it was almost like a thing like a realization a light went off like hey really people do need to buy into this because you need to own this thing from the time you wrote it to seeing it through to working somewhere like it, it should be embedded in your soul to want to do that all right so it's not a job title it is a culture got it it's both it's both i it's went both no, I, I won. I remember. <laughs> uh, what about you? Uh, what about you, Jay Z? Any thoughts on that one? Uh, no, I mean I just agree, uh, and I just googled it. And actually, it is a job title. There's many <laughs> listings for it right now. So, but they're wrong. It's a trap. Don't. It's a trap. I mean, everybody's wrong, but me. Yeah, that's right. All We're right. gonna start calling people out for being wrong. <laughs> so Sit funny. back. So the this next Festivus one- is over. Like, put the poll away. Let's move right. on. <laughs> So the next one for me that was interesting was I really, really hardcore bought into Kubernetes for everything. So, so before 2023, yes, I was working with it. I was learning it, all that kind of stuff. But the more I have worked with it and the more understanding I've gotten of it, the more I love the idea of setting up what you want the state to be and letting it try to make that happen for you, right? Because it's really good at it. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, I, I've, and I'll get to this in a later bullet point, but, you know, I, I'm putting, I put out a talk to see if it, if, if I'll be accepted somewhere for doing like data streaming, real time analytics and whatnot with Apache Kafka, Flink, and Pinot. And I got thinking about Kafka and the, the way that it's typically done in business is, especially for big, big clusters, is they'll put it up on, on bare metal stuff, right? So they'll run Kafka bare metal so that they're getting the fastest performance. And I was thinking about that in my mind. I'm like, you know what? I'll go away from bare metal to get the convenience of what Kubernetes buys you and keeping that thing alive, right? And and not only just keeping it alive, but like the operator, like Strimzy, for example, it'll have metrics baked in. It has it has the uh, the distributed tracing, so the open uh, telemetry.ai stuff that, that we talked about previously. Like it has all this stuff baked in. So why would I want to manage that on a one-off basis on a piece of hardware as opposed to, hey, just get Kubernetes running on that hardware and let it run there and let it be gone, right? Like, yeah, so if you're I, building a product that people are going to like take and run, like it makes sense that you build it for Kubernetes and like you tell, you know, like, you program how it's supposed to scale, how it's supposed to upgrade, how it's supposed to manage certificates. Like you can build all that in and just kind of sell it or give it to your customers. It's amazing. 
Yeah, it, it just makes sense. Yeah, yeah I can't I'm even imagine going back the old way where like, hey, we need to buy this piece of hardware so that we could run this this uh, database technology or whatever on it. Like, that just seems like such a foreign idea to me. Now, like imagine it, like you're you're creating your own database now. You're like create a new database. It's you know uh, new and cool and special. And oh, this is how we scale. And this is how we manage your secrets. And this is how like no man like oh who wants to reimplement all that stuff like oh geez. I mean at this right. point I think even if I were like uh, to go to a smaller place it, you know and they did buy a new piece of hardware I would just install Kubernetes on it. I would yes I, I would use it as like one of the nodes and then you know I would continue to just do everything in Kubernetes. That's that's exactly what my thought process was when I was looking at stuff last night. Is like, man, if I really had to do this, I would put Kubernetes on it and run it in Kubernetes, so I could set up a configuration, a, a runtime, you know, a steady state configuration, so that it can handle it. Right? Like, it just does not make sense for me to do it the old way. Like, I don't know, man. Hey, well, you I- remember when we first started looking into Kubernetes and when Docker was getting big, and everybody's like, "Oh, but you're going to lose performance." Like, if you run SQL Server in this. You know, you're going to lose performance and there's absolutely 100% a level of performance you're willing to give up for something to just work. Right. (laughs) That's, that's, that's a big thing. Well, I think the real takeaway though, is that the DevOps as a culture has like really, you can see how well it's ingrained itself into you now because, (laughs) you know, now you're like all about Kubernetes and infrastructure as code. So, you know, win, win. It's it's worked on me. It, it for sure worked on me this year. Yeah, see, it's All not right. a title. And this one, actually, this came from, again, <laughs> I think I always sort of knew this, but I didn't really know how to manifest it, you know, in, in words, is it's okay to duplicate data, especially if you're doing it intentionally. So, you know, if we, if we go back five years, maybe maybe even a little bit longer, you know, if you had a database and you had your data in that database, you wanted to try and do everything in that database with that data, right? Like you're going to run reports off of it. Even if it was your transactional database, you're going to run reports off of it. You can do everything there. And that's that's wrong, right? Duplicate, duplicate your data intentionally. And so by that, I mean, okay, so you have a transactional database, right? Sure, that's that's where your orders come in or whatever it is. That is what that's for is your transactions. Then if you want to be able to search that data, put it into a search engine, Elasticsearch, uh, Lucene, some, some version of that. If you want to do analytical type queries of it to find statistics and all that kind of stuff, put it into an analytical database, right? An OLAP type database. And you know what really, what I really liked about the, the designing uh, data intensive applications book that we went through is they call it out in black and white. When you have data in a database and you're trying to make that data work for reports as well as transactions, you create indexes on it. Indexes are duplicating that data. It's not as obvious to you, right? Because you're saying create an index, but behind the scenes, it's just writing that data in another way so that it can find it faster. And if you create another index with more columns, it's duplicating that data again. So it's hidden from you. So I guess my point is be intentional about how you want that data to be used 
and don't feel bad about putting it in different places to use it in different ways. Or said in other ways, don't lie to yourself thinking that you're not already duplicating it by keeping it in one place and then just indexing it how you need. For sure. For I sure. Think, I think it's also consistent though with like um, a year to probably back, we had talked several times about uh, some of the articles from the Uber engineering blog and <clears throat> we had referenced some of their drawings and they were definitely, you know, had like what you could kind of think of as like a hub and spoke architecture of like, there'd be like one central data lake maybe, but there were all, all of these spurs off of it that would have copies of certain parts of the data that they wanted it index in whatever way they needed or for whatever use case they had at the time. And it was, it was just super impressive to see some of the things that they were doing at the speeds that they were doing it and scale that they were doing it to. And they couldn't have done it if they tried to oh yeah shoehorn it all into one technology, right? Like it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. And, and, and sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. I don't think I, I was going to say that they even like as a side effect of that though, ended up creating some pretty cool, uh, uh, software that they ended up giving back out to the, to the open source community. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it was both an, uh, like you're in awe of what they did, but also, you know, thankful that they, they contributed some of that technology back out. Oh, for sure. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So then the, the things that I didn't do as much of that I had on my list for 2023 that I did a little bit of, but you know, I, I don't know. I wish I'd done more is I'd said I wanted to do more content creation, right? Like, so some more YouTube videos and whatnot. And I did find myself at times doing it, right? Like I, I'd have an idea and I was like, man, I'm just gonna go downstairs and record, try and do a rough cut and then just put it up. Right. Like, so I did a few of those and, and I think it was good. I want to do more of that. Right. Like I, I actually like it. Like I, I mentioned that, you know, I've submitted a talk uh, on real time data streaming analytics. And I've actually been thinking maybe I should make videos about like, how much work actually goes into it, right? Like your thought process, sitting down, trying to make this stuff work, you know, (laughs) like I spent three nights this week trying to get Kubernetes working on a new Mac, right? Like it's, it's amazing how much time you sink just trying to make things work. Yeah. And spend an hour in a corner crying yourself because you're like, God, why couldn't I figure that out? I'm just kidding, man. You know, my favorite type of YouTube videos to watch now are pe- the ones where people are just doing stuff and they're they're not reviewing some product. They're not trying to teach you like this cool trick that will take you from 96 to 97 percent. Uh, it's just people who like doing stuff and they kind of talk their way through it and they mess up and whatever and t- stuff takes too long. And it's great. Man, our YouTube history is very different. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> Um, let's see. So, so yeah, one of my resolutions coming forward is, is to get way deeper into data streaming. So, uh, you know, I'm spending my free time, my work time, you know, researching and doing flink data streaming type stuff. And, and it's, it's, it's a brain twister. Like there's, there's things in there that just don't make sense from a regular standpoint, because you have to think about things so much differently, but on, but on top of it, like, and we're going to get into this when we start talking about it, because I think we mentioned that we're going to be doing a series on like flink, uh, Apache flink and that, but when you start getting into super high volumes of data, right? Like billions of records hitting, 
you have to start being concerned about the things that you typically wouldn't be concerned about, like the speed of serializing and deserializing things, right? And the implication implications of that on your code. So, so there's it. It just goes so deep. Like everything that you find, you find something else. Then you do something and it doesn't work, and you're like, oh, it's because they had to do this to make it work fast. So, like, there's all kinds of cool stuff in there. So, uh, getting getting pretty deep on that. Yeah, even just thinking about it from the point of view of like, um. You know, when you, when you're when you're processing data at that scale, waiting for you to have the collection all together is too late. So you just have to do it as the one bit of data comes in at a time and, and start doing things there. Because that's basically what like a Flink streaming kind of environment is. Like, you know, rather than waiting for every row to go into your nice SQL, you know, relational database, you don't have that. Ain't nobody got that time. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, it's insane, right? Like, I mean, we'll get into it when we start talking about it deeper, but yeah, it's, you have to break your mental paradigms that you've had on having an entire record. You just don't, you don't have that. (laughs) It's, it's, it's hard to wrap your mind around sometimes. Um, the next one is, so Jay Z's actually done this, right? And, And he's probably my inspiration for even wanting to go this route is I want to use more of the AI stuff out there, right? Um, I, I was actually looking last night at paying for like the chat GPT, uh, what is it? Plus membership or whatever. And then, and then also there's a, can't remember the name of it right now, but there's, there's another image AI type thing out there that's supposed to be like one of the better ones. Oh, Even, Mid-Journey? Huh? Mid-Journey? You say? Yeah. Mid-Journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. So I was even looking at, you know, paying for that because I mean, God, it's amazing the kind of stuff you can do with this. And, and between Jay-Z and some of the stuff I've seen on X where like people are like, Hey, I asked for it to build me a, a cartoon house with a, this and that, and that. And you look at it, you're like, that's unreal. I mean, this is the kind of, I don't know if you, I, I'm sure you guys remember when we were trying to get a logo designed, right? Like it was frustrating, right? Like sifting through hundreds of designs and being like, well, which one do we like? Like you could probably do that with AI now. And like, I don't know, 30 minutes and a few dollars. And then you can call yourself an artist. Right. That, uh, right. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we're, we're about to get canceled here. Yeah, probably. Oh yeah, we probably will. And, and, and no offense to any artists out there. It's just, it's a really hard thing. So, and especially for people that are more apt to do code and then be like, well, I want a good image to go with it. You know, it, it's nice to be able to have that at your fingertips. Well, the, uh, the where I thought you were going to go with this at first though, is that you could just use the AI to write your, uh, your presentation for you. Like I just write the code for me and then create a presentation for it. I need this many slides, man. Look, dude, I, I will tell you that's actually been my biggest frustration with AI. And we've talked about this is they cut off the learning for GPT three. I forget. What was it 2021 or something? Yeah. So if you're doing things that are just basic level programming that are using data structures and stuff, it's absolutely amazing. If you're using anything that's like, recent you know apis you're you're hosed right like you can't be like hey write me a flink app that'll do this you just can't so yeah uh, you know um when i was using copilot uh i don't know if they had like a chat interface i always just did it through like comments and stuff and uh you know we're like writing a function name and it would do the rest Uh, i've been experimenting a little bit with uh google's uh kind of contender called duet there uh and it like really pushes the chat interface on you and it is up to date 
Are you purring? Whoa. Are you are you like oh, that content? Oh, this cat's purring. Can yeah, you hear this, it? this cat busted into the room. I locked the door and he got in and he's sorry, he's purring like right in the microphone. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? He's like, hey dad, bring that back. Bring yeah. back. <laughs> he likes this thing. He likes to attack the microphone. Uh, that's amazing. Jay-Z's so uh, comfortable with this that he's purring. Yeah. So yep. so you said it is up to date, so it knows about newer libraries and whatnot. Yeah, and same with Copilot. It's uh, also they, they keep that uh, more up to date than 2021, at least as far as I know. You know, I could be wrong, but uh, that was my understanding with it. And uh, because of the chat interface, which Copilot probably has, I just never used. Uh, you can still do a lot of those, like, "Hey, how do I?" or you know, write me an outline of whatever. So, like, code related, it'll be more up to date. See, so that's the kind of stuff that I want to get into this year is like really utilizing these tools more uh, before they get canceled by the government for being um, too <laughs> yeah. scary to take over the world. So, yeah, there's that. Wow. That got extreme <laughs> quick. Well, it did, right? Like, I mean, you guys have heard all this stuff where, oh, it's, this is scary. It needs to be stopped. So who knows what's going to happen, but whatever. Um, all right. So the next one, this one's big on my list. So. This is, again, looking forward to 2024. Not so much in 2023 did this happen. More automation and less manual intervention. So I can't tell you how frustrated I've been by revisiting the same problems over and over and over because you don't have time to deal with them, right? So you you don't have time, quote unquote, to deal with them, but yet you're going to go back to it and do the same thing 20 times. It's like, man, if I just bitten off the time after time number two or three and put something in place to take care of this, then I wouldn't have to deal with it the next 15, 20 times. Right. So got to prioritize that for 2024 because I cannot stand doing things that are just manual steps. Uh, let's see next. And so I said, hopefully more YouTubing, like I'd really like to do that. So ironic, here's a funny story. So you know how we like to buy toys, right? Like, we all yes. have the different toys that we like. So I know Jay-Z and Outlaw, they, they have guitar toys. For whatever for whatever reason. They're instruments, sir. Okay, they, they are instruments. I agree, I agree. So for whatever reason, my love, and you probably all know this by now, I love audio. Absolutely love audio. Like I plan on, I, I'm even thinking about going to the Munich. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, audio show that's like supposed to be the creme de la creme, right? Like I'm thinking about going to that. I think it's in May. So the other thing I love video and audio recording equipment. I, I have a ridiculous weird love for that stuff as these guys know, because they've known me for Amazing. a while. You know, we're, there was that $6,000 camera that you were supposed to get for Christmas. Well, well, it's not out yet, so I couldn't have got it for Christmas. Um, <laughs> my wife is still going to kill me whenever that does happen. When? But, Notice he said when. <laughs> when last month when. Last month it was an if. Now it's a when. <laughs> how this am I going to hide this? Yeah. How am I going to hide it? So so I actually, I it was during Christmas while I was upgrading my NAS. Everything was on sale except for this that I bought. Uh, so Rode has these wireless microphones that you can hook up to cameras or whatever. And they had, they had this kit and I was like, I gotta have it and I haven't used them yet. I've had them for a month, but I need to use them. So, so this is going to force me to make some more videos, which is going to force me to put my soundproofing and stuff on the walls in here. That's going to force me to do all the other projects that I need to do just from this one purchase. Right. So it's the power of that that may make this happen. 
Wait, now I'm curious about this wireless mic though. Like we're talking, is this just like an add on that you add to the, uh, like to the XLR? No, 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 no. So these are actually made. They're like wireless lapel mics. So they're made for doing like video content. And, but the cool part is they have a transmitter and a receiver on like a pack like that. Like, well, this is, this is, Oh no, no, it doesn't so have anything is, like that. When no, I'm show, it's very similar to that. What yeah, I'm trying yeah, to show Alan is, uh, this is a sure, uh, yeah, it's similar. The, the GLX D one plus Z three pack, uh, that you can use for more. I'm using it obviously for guitar cause you see the connection, but, yeah. uh, you can use it for other stuff too. And they have a setup for microphones and whatnot. Yeah. So it's very similar to that. It has a, a receiver and a transmitter on it. And one of the cool things about this particular one, I think uh, for anybody who's interested, I think it's the Rode Wireless Pro Go 2, something, something I'm like that. to find out. But here's the really cool part about it. They have a 32-bit float um, algorithm on the thing. So, so you don't clip. If like on regular, like if we were to turn up our mics here and, and one of us got really loud, it would clip and you'd hear it like buzz out sort of, right? This has enough data on it to where it can maintain it without the clipping and you can actually recover it in post if you need to. So really interesting type stuff. Anyways, I got a toy. I'm going to do some stuff with it. So here's the interesting thing though. Uh, so you're talking about the wireless go. Am I looking at the right one? Hold on, let me look. It's Rode Wireless Go 2 Pro. No, Wireless Pro something. Hold on. A Wireless Pro? There is a Wireless Go 2, and then there's a Wireless Pro. Wireless Pro 2, I think, is what it is. Yeah, the Wireless 2. No, it's just Wireless Pro is what it is. Okay. Because the one thing, like I did a bunch of research into this, and the one thing that, that one reason why I went with that Sure pack that I did was that, um, a lot of these systems, you have to decide, are you going to run on a, like, which spectrum are you going to run on? And for guitar, like, there's all kinds of different, you know, systems that you can get out. There. Some of them on, like, weird UHF frequencies and whatnot, but there's a lot of them on a 2.4 gigahertz range, but that's just such a busy, crowded frequency range that you run into problems. And this one uh, that that I showed you, it can run on a... Uh, the 5.8 gigahertz range. And it can actually run on either. Like it'll figure out like which signal do I need to use? Um, but you know, know, it's interesting. I don't even know what frequency it communicates on. It looks like 2.4 from what I'm seeing using utilizing state of the art series for 2.4 gigahertz digital transmission. Okay. So yeah, yeah. so the so what I, so the only thing I'm trying to like call out and be aware of is that like you have to be concerned about its proximity to routers Wi-Fi and, and stuff. You know, yeah. other certain other devices as well can interfere with it from but it it could be that like guitars might be more susceptible to that kind of interference because the frequencies that you might play on a guitar are going to be higher than what you're going to record for someone saying and whatnot. Interesting. So you might yeah. run into like different issues there. Yeah. I put a link in the show notes for this one. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about it. I haven't, like I said, I haven't used it yet, but you know, whatever uh, I will. And then the last thing is I'm thinking about trying to attend more, atten- uh, attend more events this year. Right. Like, so some more meetups and cause I want to say like I, outlaw me, Jay-Z, we used to go to several, 
right? Like every year we would go to meetups or, or conferences or whatever. It's really fun. It was, it was a lot of fun and it, you know, blame it on the pandemic. Like it just kind of, it killed everything. And most things hadn't even come back. Like we, uh, outlaw and I went to a DevOps one and recently, and honestly, I mean, not, not trying to be mean, but it really just wasn't, it still wasn't quite where it needed to be in terms of the content. And I don't know, I think that stuff's just now coming back around pretty well. And so I'd like to get out and attend more and hopefully see this stuff come back to life a little. So that was, that was it for me. Good stuff. All right. Well, it looks like I'm um, next. So first looking back at uh, 2023, uh, I kind of had that whole uh, healthy, wealthy and wise thing going on. Thanks to uh, Ben, you know, Ben Franklin. And uh, you know, as far as things went healthy, total fail. Uh, Like, yeah, Uh, not a good healthier. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that sucked. Uh, Wealthy. Totally fine. Uh, You know, the whole uh, thing about like paying yourself first and whatever. Yeah, it works. It's fine. Uh, So, you know, I set up a system there a long time ago and it just keeps doing its thing and I forget about it and it's great. And it's probably fine. I don't know. I haven't looked. Uh, (laughs) Let me take a Hold on. Let me take a note here. It's fine-ish. I need to look. Fine. It's probably fine. (laughs) You should check out your backups while you're at it too. Uh, You should check on your uh, financial stuff every once in a while. Probably a good idea. That's funny. Wrote that down. All right, and as far as wise goes, total fail again. Uh, so I did not spend any – well, not a total failure. I did not spend any significant extracurricular time uh, working on like spring streaming or lead code, which I planned on doing. Uh, but I did do a lot of game dev, a lot of weekends, a lot of just kind of side project time, took it around the laptop. Uh, I spent some time with Godot and uh, even with GitHub Actions and stuff and kind of doing some automation stuff. So that was really cool. I really enjoyed that time. And, uh, so that was pretty much it for 2023. Wait, did you move away from unity? Cause prior you had been messing with unity quite a bit. You stopped doing that. Yeah, I definitely, most of my time has been in unity. And then, uh, I got into Godot because I was interested in GitHub actions mm-hmm. and I just wanted to see what, what that was about. And I couldn't do that. I couldn't automate builds with unity because that requires their license, which is like $2,000 a year. Uh, and so I was like, okay, well, let me try this one. And it just turned out that I really liked it. It's really lightweight compared to Unity. So it doesn't like, you don't like start it and go get a coffee and come back and okay, now it's up and it, it crashed. Like, let me go get another coffee, I guess, while it starts up again. And it just seemed um, simpler and it just seemed to kind of fit better with like how I want to work on things. Like it's, it's definitely lower level. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles, but uh, it also means I spend more time with code and not diving through menus and Googling how to dive through menus. Hey, so two more two more follow up questions on this. You're saying Godot, isn't it that thing that's like Godot? Yeah, that's how okay. you spell it. Yeah. Okay, Godot. All right, all right. Just making sure I wasn't missing something. And then the other thing, so you're on a Mac doing this stuff, right? Was was Most Unity fine. development totally fine on a Mac? Totally fine. Yeah. And no you're on a Mac, you're on an M series Mac, so the Apple Apple Silicon type stuff. Yeah, I had to use the beta when I was working on Unity, and Godot was just fine with it. Okay. And, and was Unity okay with it as well? Okay, cool. Yeah, no problems. I haven't had any problems with the with the M series. Yeah. That's been great. Uh as far as uh twenty twenty four goes, uh same goals. <laughs> <laughs> healthy, wealthy, and wise. Now healthy, I am gonna do like a food diary thing, which I did in twenty twenty two or something that worked out well for me. In fact I didn't appreciate how well it did for me because as soon as I stopped doing it, uh everything fell apart. <laughs> so 
we're going to bring that one back. And when you and, say uh, food diary, tracking calories, all that kind of stuff, like what? Yeah, you're basically, eating? I use my Fitness Pal as the, okay. uh, the app that I like. I was going to ask. Yeah, and you can log your calories, and uh, I I say food diary instead of logging calories because I really don't want to be stressing out about like whatever. Like if I eat a hamburger, I just want to like search hamburger and find something that looks about right and use it. I don't want to like weigh food. I don't want to whatever. And so I'm pretty loosey goosey about it. I found that like that helps me just kind of say like, you know what? I was bad yesterday. I had a big breakfast. Let me be good today. Okay. It helps yeah. So it's really being accountable, like being aware, yeah. being aware of it, of what you're doing can help with accountability. Yeah, totally. Totally. But yeah, I've been using my fitness pal for years now. It's yeah, nice. They, I will say like there were features that they kind of, like hidden into like a pay version yeah. that I miss. Like one of them was that um, back when, cause it was originally owned by under armor. And um, at that time you could, there was a, there was a scan feature where you could use the barcode scanner to scan whatever you bought. And if it was in their database, then boom, that popped up as one serving and they ended up uh, when, when, under armor divested themselves of that and, you know, sold it off, whatever, uh, the company that bought it eventually made that a, a pay feature to use the barcode, but they did add a feature where like you could literally like point the camera at your plate and it would figure out what's on your plate. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. insane. Hey, by the way, I like your approach though, Jay-Z, like that would make it more, more something that I think more people would use is if you did it more like what you're saying, right? Like, all right, I ate a cheeseburger with bacon on it, right? Like, I don't need to say that it was a cheeseburger with bacon on it from this restaurant, you know, yeah. with, with this, you know, whatever, just, just looking at it being like, okay, that was 850 calories, right? I don't care if it was actually 950. It was a lot of calories. I should, I should lay off. I think that's a really good approach to it. Yeah. You're never going to get exact with it. Like I made a, I created a meal called sushi. And I, when I first created, I did it based on whatever I ate that night and kind of, you know, did my best guess for it. And then from then on, uh, if I eat sushi, I use sushi. Is it more or less? I don't know. I, but then again, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to bust out the food scale and start tearing apart the rolls to measure how much salmon and how much cream cheese and how much whatever. Yeah. Cause then you just hate it all. Right? Yes. Yeah. And I won't do. do it. I hate the ads. I cannot stand the ads, so I pay for it, even though I don't want any of the fancy features, just because I hate those the garish ads like flashing at you. And <laughs> ugh, I hate mobile ads. I hate monetization. So you can use the barcode feature. <laughs> yes, I can. It, it doesn't always work. Oh, uh, really? It, doesn't, yeah, it used not, to be super I, I reliable, but yeah. I would say probably 75% of the time it works, but it's annoying when it doesn't. Mm. So those are the times I, I remember. I mean, I but okay, so as a long time... As a longtime user of the app, though, what I will say is that, uh, you know, like you mentioned a burger, for example. So, like, not all burgers are created equally. So, yeah. so I take the time to just go ahead and say, like, you know, if if they have the burger, if it's a restaurant that is in the in their location, right, then yeah. I will go ahead and put that in there. Because then, like, it keeps a history of everything you're doing. So, like you know, if you go to a specific restaurant and nine times out of 10, like, you know, you get the same thing or yeah. like, you know, it might vary by like four dishes or whatever. Like, you know, you can easily search that. And, and then from the search results, just be like, add, 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 and then done. Yeah. So like that first time is only the time that it's a hassle. And so 
I say that because like, you know, in the beginning, you know, maybe you don't want to like care about being specific, but then when you do decide that you want to care, like, you know, yeah, yeah, reusing that stuff and like having your history is huge. It turns out I eat uh, the same stuff almost all the time. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a creature, a bad creature of habit in that regard too. So That's yeah, makes logging easy though. It, it really does because especially then because uh, you know like if your breakfast is the same and it's like hey swipe right if you want to like add yesterday's breakfast you're like yeah of course I do. Costco meatloaf. Yeah. Wait, meatloaf for breakfast? No, no, no. Costco meatloaf. Uh, No, Uh, no, no. No, No, actually, the chicken bake from Costco is where it's at, but that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't going to be a show without a Costco commercial. (laughs) So, Boomer Hours coming up later. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I can't wait for it. (laughs) Or maybe I can, but. Uh, so the next one up is wealthy, basically just doing the same thing, you know, maybe tweak a percent here or there, but whatever. I uh, don't have to think too much about that. Now, wise, uh, there's some things that worked out for me well last year that I just want to kind of keep going with and, and develop more. And then uh, the things that I didn't do so well on last year, uh, as far as like tech studies and stuff, I'm just going to give up. Apparently, I don't want to do them. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to myself. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to love myself more this year. Fair. Yeah. Uh, so Obsidian. I love Obsidian. Every time I have to look up something in Obsidian about something I did before or some script I ran or what happened on this date, I am so happy when there's information in there. And it's annoying to me now when there's a day when I didn't use it as much or the notes aren't as good or I didn't save some command that I didn't think I would need again. And so I just want to be more diligent about doing stuff in there first and using it as like a write-ahead log. Like if I've got some tasks to do, if I've got some little scripts to run, whatever, like drop it in there first. And now it's searchable. It's, it turns out a lot of stuff I do is uh, stuff I've done before. Hey, so, question. Love it. You got more tags there. What, what do you mean by that? I just want to be better about tagging stuff. So like if uh, if I have a production support incident, uh, now I have a production support tag. So I do like prod support or something, you know, uh-huh. hashtag prod support in the item. And then it links them. So then oh. next time I have a uh, prod support issue, I'd be like, oh, crap. Well, was this last week or two weeks ago? Or let me just click prod support. And there you go. There's a list of all my prod support uh, tag documents. And there we go. There's only Ooh, you know, four or five. I know that. There. Yeah, it's wonderful. Ah, because I use Obsidian a lot, too. Ever since I saw you using it for notes one time, I was like, that's amazing. That's yeah, so good. So yeah, I, I, I just use put it. the tags right at the top now. Like oh, if it's something with Kafka, hashtag Kafka. That's so good. I didn't. Even, I didn't know about it. All right, killer. And then dates. Is there any special functionality around dates, or you just put them in there? So you I see love it? them. And that you know, like you think like uh, you know, the dates are. You can view histories of files. You could view you know, create dates, whatever stuff like that, uh, which is you know fine most of the time. But I have never been upset to see a date in a file name or a date in a notepad. You know, in my life, it does not offend me to see it. And so many times, it's really helpful, especially if you're trying to figure out something, and you're like, I know I did it like a month ago. And you can like zoom in and see your files and they're just named that way. It's so much easier than like trying to go in and sort and stuff. And especially with updated dates, which are totally unreliable. Like, uh, you know, I want to be able to update a note that I had and I don't want to worry about like losing it. So like if I'm going in and adding stuff to a note that I created last month, like I'll just throw it, you know, the date of today that I'm adding it in there. I know it's in the file history, but it's not as searchable. It's not as easy to read when I'm just like looking for something quickly. So to make sure you're saying that like in your tag or not tag in your title of the document, you'll have the date in that. And so, and that's how Obsidian names its files is whatever's in the title. 
Yep. And then actually in the contents too, like say, let's uh, say I'm like working on a Java upgrade uh, story or something, a ticket. Then I might create uh, something with the date in it, the story, you know, title, whatever in the file name. And then I'll, you know, have all my notes in there. And then when I'm done with the ticket, I'll go dump that stuff in the ticket. And then two weeks later, there's some problem that I didn't understand. So I'll go back to my note about the Java upgrade and I'll add another little date header. I'll link it to today's to-do list or whatever. And so it just kind of ties things together. So if I'm in a hurry, I'm like, oh, what was that thing I fixed? Now I have to do it again. And I don't remember what I did. It just makes it faster. Okay. And it really doesn't take any time to to kind of enter that stuff. And it saves so much time when I need it. So I'm just, I want to do more of it. Okay. Well, one more question on Obsidian because I, I love seeing your usage of it because it's actually sort of led me to how I use it a lot. Do you do the thing where it syncs it to other places or do you just have it on your one system and that's it? So work, I do not. Okay. I don't want it going out anywhere. So what I do is I put my, um, my directory location in my Google Drive. Okay. Uh, basically, which is something, you know, like whatever, like work says, work says, hey, you're allowed to use one drive. You're allowed to use whatever for sharing systems. There you go. It's backed up. Uh, you can access it from, you know, other devices and stuff that are company approved. And it's just great. In my personal one, I do sync. So that way I could have it on my computer and on my phone and stuff a little bit easier. Uh, and for the work stuff, I don't really need it to be easy if I need to look up something on my you know phone or whatever, assuming I can access it from my device. Oh, so that's uh, interesting. So you're saying basically you have the Google Drive app installed on your computer and then you just save it like as a file on Google yeah. Drive. And then it I hadn't even thought it about indexes, that. indexes and is all plain text. It's like markdown files, yeah. which is super indexable, super searchable, you know, all that stuff. So you can go in and search, you know, Java upgrade in Google Drive and right. it's going to find everything that's in there. Oh, that's really good. I like that. Hey, yeah, massive good tips here. Yeah, and you save yourself the 10 bucks thinking fee. Although I'm happy to pay it and I use it for my personal stuff. Yep. Cool. Oh, uh, yeah. And let's see. Oh, I did sign up for Musician this year. Musician is an app where uh, it'll kind of teach you like guitar, bass, ukulele, voice, or piano. Those are the instruments that they support. And they'll either work with like MIDI or it'll actually listen to you. So if you're singing, it'll say like, Sing the sola ti do or whatever, and you sing it, and it'll you know like either hit the notes or whatever, and it'll kind of like work you up. And um, like guitar and bass, like a I haven't actually tried those ones. I was just trying it with um, piano uh, so far. I just kind of like the idea of like spending fifteen minutes a day or a couple times a week and just you know doing these things and just it, it does this uh, has this notion of a weekly streak. Or it doesn't try to make you do it every day, but every week they encourage you to go back to it. And I figure that's a good system to try and get better at stuff. But I kind of like the idea of like, hey, you know, I'm frustrated at piano this week and I'm not trying to like hardcore learn piano. Uh, let me do ukulele or let me do bass or let me try singing. What the heck? And just have fun with it. So it's a nice way to kind of keep in touch with like musical stuff and also mix things up and just have a little fun. Well, you know, when you come back up here, we're going to, we're going to, you know, get the that's band right. back together. So that's right. I did just sell my guitar amp, but I do still have my bass amp. So, so wait, you listed out bass, ukulele, voice, piano. Are those all the ones that you're trying to do? You, you pick it those up. Those are ukulele? all the ones they have. And I have all of those instruments. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Very cool. And I need to get better. At all of those instruments. I noticed you didn't list banjo or drums. They don't have that. Well, ukulele is Sort of like a banjo. Not what? completely. No way. Not, Not completely. Not completely. It's close. Close-ish. 
<laughs> so little. I love it. No, they they have finger picking. This is a little bit different. Oh, whatever. Yeah, I'm terrible drums. I got rid of my drum set. It's gone. Oh, you did? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, I guess Alan's going to have to buy a drum set to play drums. Well, you, you don't go. want me playing any instruments. I imagine sure. Alan behind a drum set would be much like Animal from the Muppets. Oh, yeah. You're, like, <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Don't do it. Don't do it. Like, what it, that like, man, that's a bad habit uh, or a bad hobby to have. Like drums, like I love drummers. You know, drums are fantastic. They sounds great. They're so important in like, so many different kinds of music. But man, if you got the bug, I feel for you. <laughs> it's so hard to practice. It's so hard to enjoy like the thing that you love, you know, well, nobody now, wants not, to hear it. Not now yeah. though. Cause now there's like the electric the pads digital. that yeah. like you can have all the same, like beat, you know, swing and hit it and beat it and whatnot. And they're much quieter. Yeah. Yeah, they are. But all it takes is uh, having a spare bedroom in your house dedicated to it. Yeah. You right. need that yeah, for you sure. You need, need to have the space. computer and you need to have the speakers. But same are, thing applies for guitar wires. though. Like, you know, yeah, you could play, you know, play your amp through headphones and whatnot, but yeah. somebody's still going to hear those strings and every missed pick. That's true. Opportunity. Yeah, I hate the room that takes for a drum kit and like a little stool. Like, like no matter what, like the smallest area you're going to get into is like maybe four by four. And that's like pretty crunched that's in there with tight. the sound modules and stuff. Yeah. And like all those wires going to your computer, or, you know, whatever the sound interfaces. So what I'm hearing is Jay-Z is going to have a new room set up for this stuff and he's going to invest about $12,000 in soundproofing the room completely. So his wife can't hear him. Yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. That's it. Easy. (laughs) It's simple. Uh, Oh, so I also do want to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I want to keep going with uh, Godot uh, and I don't have any sort of system in place. I'm not trying for any sort of weekly streaks or anything. I just like it. So I think that's going to kind of come naturally when I have the time and that kind of energy to spend on it. But I also want to try um, publishing more. Uh, so I actually making smaller games or tools uh, and just putting them out there just for fun. But also soundtracks. Like I really like kind of video gamey music and stuff like that. I always have. So uh, I kind of did some experiments over like the holiday holidays uh, here in the States and like, hey, this is pretty fun. Like, I could conceivably put this up on itch for free and, like, maybe someone would use it. And that would be really cool. So, yeah, I'm going to try to do that. That's excellent. Very and then this one is something I do have to, like, think about. But I would like to have some sort of fun little web project just to keep me in touch with uh, web kind of front-end work. Because I am so far removed from it right now that I'm kind of scared. <laughs> eh. I don't want to get too it's far away. Fine. It's probably fine. And it's like... Remember, for like years, it felt like a moving train, like jumping on, and it was tough. But not like I, I don't know if it's slowed down or if I just don't know much about it. Well, the, you know, I mean, like off front end development now, they don't even use JavaScript. No, Is it, no, it's Poopy like Script. Local? They got something else, you know, Poopy yeah. <laughs> Poopy Script. Uh, you know, twenty twenty four or something. I don't know. I, don't I think know. it's all it feels, tailwind. <laughs> it feels like it has fleshed out a little bit, though, right? Like you still have the big players, Angular, React. And then you've got some some more niche type things, right? But it, it does Vue's feel like view still up there. Um, I think Svelte is still yeah. a big one, but but it feels like it's calmed down since the three of us were like heavy in it. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, definitely nothing compares to the '90s as far as like how crazy uh, the iteration cycles were for you know web technologies. Yeah. Where like every six months is a completely different world. <laughs> But yeah, I think I, I would agree though that it seems like definitely in the last you know handful of years, it feels like things have set the dust is settling 
on the major I will players. Say, good. It needed to. Yeah, I will say, in terms of like Angular, because it's now Angular, not Angular JS. My experience with it recently was actually pretty positive. Like I, yeah. I, I didn't feel like the learning curve was like you know, oh, I can't do this for another three hours. I'm, right. I'm going to lose my mind. It, it actually felt natural to a certain degree. Yeah, which was I, lovely. In in the tooling around it is super uh, guiding. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say, like it definitely like leads you in in the direction to be successful. Mm-hmm. With it, when you like want to, you know, do an ng create you whatever your new component is. So, yeah, I was impressed, I'm super impressed. All right, well, we've got all that out of the way. It's time for, uh, you know, leaves a review and then <laughs> just the stars. Bad. Oh, the stars. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention. Thank you for the clarification. We need stars. No, if you haven't, no, we do. We do greatly appreciate all the reviews that we get. Uh, they're all amazing. We we do appreciate you when you take the time. Uh, and it really does. You know, some people are like, "Hey, I would buy you a cup of coffee," and it's like, "Hey, you know what? Leave us a review." Right. Uh, so, how I guess five stars equals one Starbucks. Is that how it yeah. goes? Not anymore. That's like point one Starbucks, but that's fine. It's yeah, yeah. it's pricey. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Starbucks. Starbucks got crazy, right? Like it used to be two dollars for my cup of coffee, and now it's over four. So I just don't buy Starbucks anymore because I'm mad at it. Yeah, four bucks, man. You're getting like a plain old coffee then. Right? I know. Yeah, yeah, I don't do any of your crazy pumpkin, pumpkin latte things, right? Like those yeah, are like seven, eight dollars. Huh? Pumpkin. Yeah. Here comes Boomer Hour. Wait for it. Yeah, I can't yeah. be I doing all that. Boy, I accidentally I, stumbled onto it, didn't I? I got like, kids, guys. Milking the almonds themselves? <laughs> Come on. Outlaws kids are out of the house. Jay-Z doesn't have it. I got kids. I can't be doing that. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, uh, let's head into my favorite portion of the show. This is Mental Blocks. <laughs> we got lots of those. Let's do it. All right. So, uh, according to, to Techco's trademark rules of engagement, uh, this is Alan's uh, turn to go first. Yep, I'm gonna win. Yep, I like the attitude, I like the spirit. Yep. Oh, so we'll see. There you go. <laughs> like it. The competition's there. All right. So your categories are ants, and here's the one you're definitely gonna pick: big screen basketball, Ooh. or hey, that's not an element. And you'll tell us which of these elements is not on the periodic table for that one. Ooh. Or wee wee history. Uh, and just to be clear, wee wee would be like, yes, yes, O-U-I. yes, spelled yes. out. Yeah. O-U-I. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in you know, the French way. Wee oui, wee. Oui. I should have said it. I should have made it more clear, right? <laughs> uh, that's my bad. That's yeah, my yeah. bad. You could say the names properly I, at the front of the show, but not, yeah. the, not the titles of the cat. Well, I think if I had a beret to go along with it that I could wear <laughs> at the time that I would say it, it would be a little bit more clear. There we go. But, um, all right. So, uh, chicken five wave ways. Sorry. I almost said waves. What? Chicken five ways. I'll say it again. Oh, oh, five. I oh, got five, it. Got I got it. it. Yeah. Five. five different ways. Yes. Uh, okay. And also, the last one is also an animal sound. 
Okay, we're going to do the big tree and basketball thing. I, I, know I don't even know why yeah, I wasted my time with the other Going for the kill. Uh, uh, four. Four. Yes. Is there anything Denzel Washington can't do? Turns out he's even good at basketball as seen in this 1998 joint. Oh, good Lord. Buzz, really? Buzz, buzz, buzz. Come on. <laughs> really? Buzz. Oh, man. Why did you pick a pop culture topic? It's called Big Screen. I know. I watch movies. I watch a lot of Denzel movies. <laughs> uh, Your defense I, is I, I watch hold, movies. Hold. I, I got uh, training day. What? Come on. Rosie hey, maybe Perez. Maybe he killed somebody, right? Like <laughs> Woody Harrelson. Come on. Oh, is it white man can't jump? What's your answer, Joe? White man can't jump. No, you're both wrong. I was oh going to say, he was the That was Wesley Snipes. Yeah, he wasn't in that. What that was, was Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. All right, we both got it wrong. Who? What, what was it? He got game. Oh, I never, never saw that. that. No, yeah, I don't know. That's not a popular movie. Let me mark some goose eggs here. <laughs> <laughs> I was really curious to see what Chicken Five Ways is. Can we just read one for the for the yeah. fun of it? Chicken let's, a la King. Let's pick number. Let's pick number the third Three. third Three's level. Good, yeah. yeah, yeah. A debate that continues to tear the country apart. Should chicken wings come with a side of blue cheese? Or this ranch, ranch, ranch. and the answer. But the answer is, is blue cheese, though. So it, it doesn't matter cheese. what. Thank, other you, one thank is. you much. If you said otherwise, you don't deserve to be here. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Jay Z, this is your chance to get some points on the board. Maybe All take right, the lead. I'm awake. <laughs> All right. Your choices are, or categories are, random U.S. state facts. Okay. The one you're probably going to pick. Post-apocalyptic pop culture. <laughs> or okay. out of breath. And here, each correct response will be made entirely out of letters in the word breath. Breath. Yeah, sorry. Oh, well, I was trying. Okay. Like, I had a, I had a mental, mental breathe. Because I'm like, breath? breathe or breath. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> breathe has the E at the end. E. Yes, yes. All right. See, it's not just proper nouns. See? <laughs> all nouns are They're all problems. All right. Uh, the next category, book dedications, meditation, and from Z to A. This one's a little easier. All the correct responses will begin with Z and end with A. There's five of these? Zebra is the answer. Yeah, that's it. For all of them. That's the only one. <laughs> okay. Zambia is another one. Hold on. Let me figure out the five can't questions. Pick that one because he's already got Google open. That's not allowed. There's only <laughs> five words in the not, English album. There's only, yeah, there's not that many. Like, yeah. I feel like those are both answers to questions there. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, we got to go post-apocalyptic. And that is probably my least favorite kind of sci-fi. So <laughs> I'm going to go with a three there. Oh, you did pick that one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. For a minute there, I thought you were going with the Z to A because you know. You no, know, I already know. I already know. There's no fun. <laughs> well, Zambia, Zambia and Zebra. I, I, I'm going to make you regret that by okay. reading you the number three from the Z to A just to tease you. In a classic 1986 Nintendo game, 
Link tries to rescue this little princess from Ganon. Wow. Ganon? Wait. Ganon? How would Ganon. You- Ganon, man. God. Get up out of here. I said proper nouns. <laughs> you did. You did. All right. So, over. <laughs> Ganon. <laughs> Get out of here. Well, what else do you put in, in a canon? You fire a canon ball out of a canon. Right. You're so right. <laughs> Thank How did you. we get it wrong? Thank you. Look so, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, you got to love my, my crippling disease here. All right, over, over, this is the, we're getting back on topic here. The number three category is over 11 total seasons of The Walking Dead. This Z word was surprisingly never used by a character. Oh, come Zombie. What is zombie? Yes. Zombie. Zombie. That's lame. Did they never really say zombie? No, they always called them walkers. Well, that's right. The walkers. Yeah. Yeah. That movie jumped the shark around season ever. like four or five. I don't. Well, that was a TV that. show, not a movie. So maybe you don't watch. Movies. Oh yeah, that season, that <laughs> yeah, show jumped the shark. I'm sorry. Yeah, they split from the comics, and that was it. All if right. you read the first comic book and like watch the first episode, it's almost like scene by scene. Like, what the heck is right. going on? Oh, that's awesome. All right, Alan, I gotta go for the you win. Gotta, so. You gotta get some points on the board. Yep. So, nah. Categories are islands, countries. The DNA of music, the one you're definitely going to pick, Alaska, airport stores, oh, the irony, or lastly, what is what it is, and the quotations around the is marks mean that the letters IS will appear twice in each correct response. Let's do what is what it is for four. All right. Four. Dang. I'm going for the yeah, win. Really? Like, I'm going to lose big or win big. <laughs> it's going to be one or the other. Like a mythical character who loved his own reflection, people with this personality style are in love with themselves. Oh, my God. Why could I not think of the word? It's, uh, <laughs> oh, man. This could be game right here. Oh, come on. Nope. That's not it. It's not narcissism. What? It's not. Oh, I can't think of it. What is narcissism? That is correct. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Narcissus, uh, Narcissus, and Echo. Yep. I, I like had. how confident you were that that wasn't it as you were saying. <laughs> I had nothing else, man. <laughs> Dang. All right. Well, final Jeopardy. This is where, or I'm sorry, final mental blocks. Gosh, they might be onto us. Wait, how, how we we need to be able to, you know what? We need to send you, th- this is how we need to do it. We need to send you our amounts in a, in a direct message in Google chat. It's always all of it. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Hey, send, me your, send me your message. I'll wait. Yep, here we go. Let's see. All right. I've got Alan's and... Jay-Z says. Jay-Z. Bluff. He bluffed me. You can't. 
<laughs> JC tried to bet more than he had. He tried to daily double it like like he had a hundred and he was going for a thousand. I bet a million. <laughs> All right. The category is astronomy. I probably should have given you the category first, though, because that would be you more should have, consistent. I want to take all those back. Yeah, yeah. Too late now. Discovered in the 1960s and 70s. Here comes the proper noun. Cygnus X1 was the first of these light-trapping gravitational bodies to be identified. No, I know. Do we have? What do we do? We type it in. We're going to type it into our area. Yeah, type it into your area. And then we'll say three, two, one, and then hit enter. Where's our area? Yeah. Uh, I'm doing it in my point section. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Where did Jay-Z write his? Oh. That's right. Ooh. The answer is black hole and... You both wrote black hole or holes. Yeah, close enough. Uh, yeah. Good. I'll, ta- I'll he take can that. Have credit. He can have credit. I don't know. We it, need it with judges. Well, the answer is black holes, but technically it says the first of these. So black hole, black hole, same thing. Um, now, yeah. here's where it gets interesting. Here's where it gets interesting. So we look at the answers, the scores. So Alan... You gambled. You gambled enough. Three. Three, yes. And Jay-Z gambled three. (laughs) What's it it saying in that message? (laughs) He literally did type in for the first time. He did. He did. So we tied. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, he won by a point. Asterisk on his victory. He won by a point. That was awesome. Also, asterisk on the victory, but yeah. Let me let me notate that. Yep. Sorry, I got asterisk. a new win streak going. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. You didn't really win, but congratulations. That's fine. Yeah. I appreciate it. I put an asterisk in there for posterity purposes. <laughs> all right, I like it. I like it. <laughs> so, all right. So, moving right along. Um, looking back on my 2023. <laughs> First, it starts with me clearing my throat. Apologies. So, one of the things that I had in there... Uh, in my 23 was related to Kotlin wanting to get more involved in that. So, uh, you know, success definitely got, uh, you know, to experience the Kotlin, the Kotlin joy. Um, and also the, the Java ecosystem pain at the same time. Amen, brother. But, um, maybe that's mostly just, uh, cause I was working in a Maven project and Maven was just, is just, I find painful in regards that it wants to rebuild everything all the time. And it just doesn't natively without using a made of Maven cache extension, which yeah, I've got to experience that too, but also that turned out <laughs> to prove more problems, but Colin, yay. There's some soup. There's some super cool, like syntactic sugar that I liked about Kotlin um, and like built in functions and things that you could like, you could do, uh, you know, mapping, th- you know, mapping things and whatnot. Um, or even like just initializing things and saying like this to like literally the word to this uh, thing. So um, yeah, I feel like, you know, got that one, but I had deeper on streaming technologies and I don't feel like I got to the level of satisfaction, you know, the satisfactory mastery level that I wanted to get there. So I'm hoping 
that that's, you know, skipping ahead. Now, if I'm looking forward to, you know, 24, that's, uh, flink specifically is super high on my radar, which you already covered. Uh, the, you know, we're going to be talking about the, um, you know, we already have a book in, in mind to discuss for that. So I'm looking forward to getting into that more. And then, um, you know, also in my 23, I had music theory and techniques, uh, you know, getting a better grasp on some of that, which, you know, I feel like that's just something that you're just always going to be iterating on. Um, and so like, I feel like I'm getting there. Am am I, if I mastered it yet, you know, no, obviously not. But, um, I feel like it's important though, to have like, to not be a one trick pony, right? Like I don't want software development to be my only thing. Right. So that's why I'm like, you know, using a different part of the brain to like do other stuff, right. So be creative and, uh, you know, learn, learn something totally new and different. So, which I like that, uh, you know, I went back and looked and it was really in, um, it was July of 21 is when I decided to like make a serious, um, path into music, you know, and, and learning that. So, I mean, so that's like what, two and a half years or no. Yeah. 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 About two and a half years of it. So, you know, I'm, I'm considering two and a half years. I'm, I'm pretty pleased with where I am um, with that, but I, I still, you know, skipping ahead to the 20, looking ahead to 24 stuff, you know, I put like sweet picking, for example, as like one of the techniques that um, I would love to, to be able to master, uh, you know, so I'll get there. But also in regards to just you know, music in general, there's like, just better being able to like remember specific areas of like, if you're in a given key and knowing like, okay, these are all the different scale patterns I can play with and that. And having that kind of like fretboard knowledge to help with improvisation kind of stuff. Um, you know, that that's definitely on my radar for the, the 24 year, but, um, also in terms of like other technology, uh, Reaper <clears throat> is one piece of software that I definitely want to master. I tried, I tried getting into it like a couple years ago and it was, it seemed a little daunting at the time and I just got sidetracked and never came back to it. So it's definitely been on my radar for this year. And in fact, <clears throat> ah, sorry, I don't know why I can't speak all of a sudden. Um, it's all those proper nouns mess me up. <laughs> so, so, uh, I had, I had assumed that we were going to be doing, um, the game January this year. And so I had planned on like, uh, since I did the, you know, audio for the previous, some of the previous games, uh, I was thinking that like, I might do that again, but like use that as an opportunity to force myself to, to use Reaper because the recordings that I did previously weren't of the greatest quality that they, you know, they they could have been better quality, but because of the way that I recorded them, they weren't. So I was hoping to, you know, get into Reaper. So, so question: Why, why Reaper over something like Audition, which you have, right? Fair question. So uh, Reaper specifically. So I have this uh, ridiculous, uh, what would you call it? It's like a, a effects processor that is just 
way more than I ever need, but I love it. And it's, it's my precious, but so there's, there's a company called line six and they make these series of effects processors all under what I'll underneath the brand name helix. But there's a whole, there's a whole family of these different effects processors. And the super cool thing that line six did is basically all of these things are just purpose built, small computers running Linux and uh, you know, have, have this software in them that, you know, makes the effects processors and whatnot. Well, that same software that you, that is running on the pedal is available as a plugin to Reaper. Reaper. Uh, so what you can do is you can in Reaper and Jay Z can definitely just talk to this way more detail than I can. But for example, you can record in Reaper and just have just the like the raw signal from your guitar with like no effects or anything like that. But that's what you're recording in Reaper. But then in the editing process, you can decide, well, I want to add this effect to it, or I want to add some delay, or I want to add some chorus, or maybe, you know, I want to like increase this or that or whatever. So, so you have like all of that control after the fact but because it's, um, you know, you, by by focusing on the recording with just your clean signal, though, like you can definitely kind of focus more on your on getting like clean picking and whatnot and, and yeah. fretting. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, after the fact, you can do all the edits with and just an experiment with what what effects do you like better? You know, very cool. So, OK, that makes sense because the way you uh... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say to close that thought out because the way I've recorded the things to date that I've provided were I recorded the the signal after it already had an effect on it, uh, right? Yeah, I was going to say um, so uh, Reaper like like you mentioned like the plugins that supports VST uh, and most DAWs do, but audition doesn't, it doesn't support, uh, like virtual instruments and, um, some other plugins, stuff like that. And it also doesn't support MIDI, which, uh, is useful if you ever want to add drums or anything. So I don't know what kind of like other stuff they might have for music, but it seems like audition is more tailored for like, like voices or like, you know, film, like that sort of thing. And not really so much for like music editing and kind of having that full suite of stuff. Actually, it's not Audition I was thinking of. It's, uh, what's Apple's? Oh. GarageBand? Oh, Logic? Logic is what I was thinking. Logic's not, great. Yeah, uh, Apple Logic is what I was thinking, because you have that as well. Um, Logic Pro was actually, my, my brain went to Audition, because that's what we do for the podcast, but, but we had actually bought Logic back in the beginning days to do this mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, uh my, you got a Windows box sitting there, so I assume that's why you're going the the Reaper route. Yeah, my Mac is a bit long in the tooth, so it might die if I tried to uh, <laughs> Open spin up Logic. Up logic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's spin up a Logic session and do a live recording with it. See how well that goes. Yeah, makes sense. So, uh, where we covered flame, covered that. Okay, so then the last thing that I, I just want to add, like I'm always setting myself like. Um, not necessarily like anything, um, resolution related, but I kind of felt inspired to include it since, uh, based on some of the stuff that Jay Z said, but, uh, you know, I always give myself 
like health goals that I want to try to accomplish, you know? And so like last year, um, I was, and we talked about this during like the black Friday, uh, episode, uh, last year though, I started using, um, a treadmill desk just trying to like, you know, evaluate like how would I like it, but it was like more of like an add on, you know, add a desk onto your existing treadmill kind of thing. Um, if you already had a treadmill, but, uh, so then at the end of the year, I invested in like, you know, a for real dedicated treadmill desk setup. And, uh, I've, I've decided that I'm going to set a goal for myself that I'm just going to do five miles a day. Cause last year I would like vary it based on like, I would set goals for myself based on the amount of time that I would spend on the treadmill or the, the amount of steps that I would get on the treadmill while I'm working. And I decided, you know what? Uh, it's fine. Like you could probably, you know, the, the, the software that the company that makes the treadmill, they're going to do their best guess at how many steps you're getting or any kind of fitness um, device that you're going to wear, you know, wearable that you're going to use to use is going to try to do its best guess at getting like how many steps you get. But I'm, I would expect that the treadmill manufacturer would have a better chance of being more accurate in ter- regards to the mileage because it's going to know the length of that belt, you know? Um, so I decided to just make it easier on myself and go for five miles a day. And then, you know, obviously, you know, we've talked about cycling in the past too. So I just want to get more cycling in. Um, so that's on my, my agenda. Very nice. Yeah. Good stuff. <clears throat> yep. So, yeah. So that's the, uh, we'll have some resources that Alan likes, no, that was JC, but I with, like it too. Oh, was it JC? I thought that was you. So that okay. I'll, well, I'll that, work it out. Gosh, no. <laughs> um, well, have some other resources that the three of us do agree on, though. <laughs> and then we head into Alan's favorite portion of the show. It's the tip of the week. All right. Yeah. Uh, I had to share uh, another instrumental artist that I recently found. Uh, their name is Tony Anderson. And they're a music producer that specializes in uh, what I would probably call minimalist ambient piano music. Um, it's really lush and uh, it's got that kind of like that in kind of inspiring kind of um, tonality to it. So it's not like, uh, you know, like Brian Eno or whatever music for airports is like is ambient piano and it's very peaceful and relaxing. Whatever. This is more um, more kind of driven, I think more kind of appropriate for work. Uh, and I just think it's really cool. It's, it's got like a real, like almost like kind of film or orchestral kind of sentiment behind it, even though it is just mostly piano and a, a lot of tons of reverb, but it's really good. It's just, I, I recommend putting it on someday when you get something done and like next thing you know, an hour has gone. Dude, this is really good. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So the, uh, the previous, I think the last show you did lo-fi girl. And I found myself a few yeah. times this week, like just turning it on because it really is just. It's like you said, it's it, there's some there's some like study music that it's almost like too. I don't know, man. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it just it almost lulls you to sleep mm-hmm. to a certain degree. And that lo-fi girl stuff, like some of her channels, are upbeat enough, driven just enough. Yeah to to keep you engaged in what you're doing and not make you want to close your eyes and go to sleep. Yeah. This one that he just put here, this Tony Anderson guy, 
the first song on that link that you have, the ephemery, man, that's so beautiful. Good. So good. Yeah. So I'll, it sounds like I'll be listening to this a lot this week. Yeah. I actually found them. Um, I was watching, I was looking for like, uh, inspiration for like desks and stuff for like, you know, with like slide outs for keyboards, just what other people did. And I found a tour of his studio in LA, which is basically a home studio. And, uh, he's got all these crazy, uh, old synths, like, uh, analog synthesizers from like the seventies and eighties. And like he details them and he's nuts about it. And uh, he's got like this beautiful piano. He's taking the face off so you can see all the keys and everything because he likes the sound of like the the kind of the hammers and the felt and stuff. The and, open. Like, and like once you know that and you listen to the music, like you totally hear like the the hammers and the, like you hear the motion of the piano and the, the music he does, and it's just really cool. Man, that's why I'm so addicted to like good sound. Like so so for reference, like I, I'm seriously this year I'm going to be buying the speakers that I want. I'm going to be getting the amps and all that kind of stuff that I want. And it's because like that, that audio show I went to, I'm not even kidding you. If you went into a good room with two speakers, two speakers, yeah, it sounded like you were there, right? Like the people were up on the stage in the right spot. The instruments were three dimensional. Like it is absolutely amazing what good stuff does. And like I, I'm listening right now in, in some audio technica M fifties, which to this day are one of my very favorite pair of headphones you can get for a reasonable price. And that, I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. And, and Spotify doesn't even have the best sound quality. Like they don't, they don't record or they don't rip their music at a high bit rate with it's actually very lossy. So I have no doubt if I open this up on Apple music, it's just going to be even that much better. So I'm, I'm super excited about this. All right, so now that I, I hijacked his because I'm excited about the music he picked, uh, I will <laughs> talk about the stuff that, that uh, I found that has been pretty awesome and very frustrating. So I have the, the M3 Apple MacBook Pro now, and I have run into problems with it, with compatibility with things. And one of them was... I want to get Kubernetes set up. Like I said, I'm trying to, I'm looking at doing a talk on, on this data streaming. So I wanted to get everything set up. I didn't want to use Docker desktop and there's, there's really two reasons. One, because they went to the whole licensing thing. That's a little bit different. I know that you can still use it personally and it doesn't affect you until you download so many things, whatever. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and give Podman a shot, man. Golly, it was so frustrating. Like it just wasn't working with Apple Silicon. Like there were in, and I found threads and ended up following them. And it took me a couple of days and I finally got it working. Right. So was it worth it? I don't know. It would have been easier to just stick with Docker desktop and, and move on. Yeah. I had a rough time with Podman recently too, where I was trying to do Docker and Docker where one of those Dockers was Podman. It was not happening. There, there was some workarounds and stuff that I didn't really like that you could have kind of done, but because I was working, it wasn't really an option. I ultimately ended up abandoning it, but I spent days on it. Yeah. So that was it, that was a bummer. It's frustrating. So I will say, now that I've got it working, very happy with the overall experience of Podman. So, so I could never get Podman just the CLI thing working by itself, but Podman Desktop I was able to get working. And, and it's really good. Like it's really good. If you, if you're used to Docker, basically you can more or less just swap out the word Docker for Podman and all your commands and it just works right for the most part. Yeah. Um, what if you just alias Podman as Docker? A lot of people they recommend do that. It, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people do that. I, I haven't yet, but I haven't used it that much. It's probably what I'll end up doing at some point. 
um, just because my muscle memory goes there. But so once I got that working, I was super happy about it. There, there are some interesting things about it. And, and there was a reason besides just the fact that Docker went to its different licensing. The other is Podman doesn't run as a demon in the background. So it's actually using less CPU and all that kind of stuff. So when you make a request to Podman, it's processing at that point. It doesn't have some demon sitting there waiting for, for a command to run and all that kind of stuff. So it's actually, it's eating up less of your, your energy on your laptop, which matters if you're sitting in, in your chair trying to do some stuff. Right. So that was one of the other things and it's truly open source. So I thought that was all good. Well, then on top of that, I want to do Kubernetes and this was another reason why I steered away from Docker desktop, even though technically, technically you could have used it with the next thing that I'll mention, but we mentioned it on the show previously, Docker desktop's really nice. And that if you just want to get Kubernetes running, you can click a box in their configuration and it's up and going. The biggest problem with that is you are tied to whatever Docker version they have. So if they update, you know, Kubernetes to the next version, uh, when you update Docker, you have no, there's, you're stuck with whatever version of Kubernetes shipped with that version of Docker, right? If you use their built-in Kubernetes. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to deal with that because when you're creating something, it's already hard enough to make sure everything's working. And if that changes out from underneath you while you're in the middle of developing something and get ready to go present it, it's, <laughs> it's like you want to melt the world down. Right? Why wasn't Minikube a consideration though? So... I thought about Minikube, and part of this is me just inflicting pain on myself and wanting to try something new. Oh, we should have started with that. But there was something interesting that I found. So there's a thing called Kind, and it's actually from Kubernetes. Mm-hmm. So I have a link to both of these in, in, in our notes here. But what Kind allows you to do is you get to run your Kubernetes cluster as a container. So you're not – like Minikube is very – sort of strict how like setting up a VM and all that kind of stuff, right? Like it wants to take a certain portion of resources and all that. If you run in kind, you just run a container and it's your Kubernetes node. And the interesting thing about this that I actually like even more. And the reason why other than I just wanted to try something new is if you want to go to a multi-node cluster so you can test out different scenarios, right? Like Kafka is a good example, right? You want Kafka distributed across multiple nodes for distributed or whatever. You can actually test out the scenario with kind because you spin up multiple containers, which are multiple nodes, and those are your nodes for your Kubernetes cluster. So it's actually really interesting. Okay. So, so it sounds like that in a in a uh a minikube world, those that have been VMs, and that's part of the hassle of of using Minikube is that you have to be sure you allocate enough space, like disk space is a common one that, you know, we would experience, uh, because all of your Docker builds or Podman builds, whatever your images are going to get pushed to that VM. So that VM is going to have to have enough storage, also CPU and memory. But you're saying with this, you're using the same, whatever you're using to build and run your containers, Docker or Podman or whatever, you're, you're basically on bare metal of your machine in terms of there is no VM to worry about. So you don't have to worry about like how much memory do I give this thing? How much disk do I give this thing? Correct. You allocate it once. And then when you spin up your nodes, they have access to that stuff. Cause I want to be fair to VM to, to Minikube. You could spin up another 
uh, mini cube cluster locally for your uh, name it. Yeah. Your, your multi node situation, right? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a little bit more aggressive in how you have to set the thing up. Right. Like you said, you'd have to say, all right, give it two CPUs, whatever, give it this, give oh, it that. No, I think I misspoke. It wouldn't be uh, spinning up another VM. It would have to be configuration of the existing VM. Cause otherwise it would be a different cluster in the other VM. And mm. we're not trying to set up a different cluster. No, we don't want a new cluster. Yeah. So yeah. it's different nodes. So, it's all it's it's actually really cool how it all works. I, I was I was very impressed with it. Now to take it even a step further that I thought was interesting, this is yeah. kind of what led me down this road of where I landed anyways, is I think I Googled something like best Mac development Kubernetes setup, something like that, right? And it took me to this article that I'll link to from Open Credo. But the gist of without going too deep into what he was looking for here, the gist of it is he wanted to test out Kubernetes locally, like it was running in the cloud. And one of the things that is typically a pain in the butt and you don't get locally with Kubernetes is load balancers and, and that kind of thing. And so he wanted to get this thing set up to where it looked like it does in GKE or EKS or AKS or any of those, right? And so he was able to using, uh, he didn't use Podman. He used, what did he use? It starts with a C, uh, Kalima. Mm, um, so he's using the Docker CLL client Kalima, which I've looked into that. It's, it's a CLI only thing. So it's very lightweight, but, um, I think it's, it's also a little bit more complex because it's all configuration based type stuff. Um, and then he used kind, and then there's a metal LB, which is their load balancer thing. And so he's able to, through a little bit of configuration stuff here, to be able to set up a Kubernetes cluster that more or less looks like it's running in the cloud with real load balancers and all that kind of stuff, right? So so that's kind of what steered me in the direction that I went was like, hey, if I ever want to get crazy with this, then I'm already, you know, 70% of the way there, right? And I can take these extra steps to do the rest of it. Yeah. It looks... uh Looking at the documentation for kind though, it reminds me a lot of the mini cube, uh, terminal output when you would start it up and whatnot, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I, I did go back and check and yeah, with mini cube, if you wanted multiple nodes, it's just a dash dash nodes equal, you know, dash dash nodes and however many you want. And then that, then you have the, your VM with all your nodes. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think I'd ever tried it that way. Yeah. So I put a link to that next to, uh, the kind and the documentation, but yeah. So, so I guess I still think the kind would be easier yeah. because you wouldn't have to worry about like, Oh, how much memory do I want to give this? Yes. How much? Cause you have to specify that when you start up mini cube. Well, mm-hmm. or at least we were specifying Created. that on the command line. We weren't letting yeah. it default to anything. Yeah, so that's actually the the real benefit here of kind over Minikube, just to summarize, is you're already setting up your, in the case of Podman, you're setting up how many resources you want Podman to have, just like you would in Docker Desktop, right? Now you don't have to do any of that any further, right? You just say, hey, I I want a node to start up inside this thing and be part of my Kubernetes cluster. So you're not having to now also specify again, how much more resources do I want to get from my computer? You've already defined that. Yeah. So it's, it's, 
again, I, I was super impressed with it. <laughs> the one funny part is if you go this route, like I did, when you start up the kind cluster and it sees that it's using Podman, it's like using experimental. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> but, Throwing shade, are you? Yeah, but it worked. So, um, yeah. And then I was starting to get into the Strimzy and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting. And one other thing, I don't even have in the notes here, but one other thing I want to look at is, I don't know if you guys have ever looked at this. We've talked about telepresence, right? And how we love it for being able to communicate with pods and things within inside a cluster. Uh, there's another one that's by the CNCF. It's called Mirror D. I want to spend some time with that too, because there's some there's some aggravations that we've run into with telepresence, and and I I don't know what to attribute it to. I don't know if it's because of uh, software installed on the Windows machines that have been trying to use it, but we could never get it to work right. So basically, we on had a, a Windows, Windows machine, machine on a Windows machine works using, flawlessly on Mac, perfect on Mac. But and, and again, I don't I don't want to blame this on telepresence because we really don't know. Like the there's too many variables that we don't control right. that that it's hard to say what it is, but on a windows machine using either WSL or WSL two. And then with various endpoint software installed on the machine, we could never ever get these windows machines to use telepresence properly to proxy. And so I want to look into mirror D because it does things a little bit differently. Like I think it installs the stuff with the processes as opposed to having these, uh, you know, pods that are sort of intercepting and, and doing things. So um, both of them are supposed to accomplish similar things, just doing it different ways. So uh, I'm probably going to take a look at that at some point. So, yeah, that was it for mine. Uh, hold on. I got to make my note. And I apologize for that uh, there. <laughs> I apologize for that, which I should be apologetic of. Is that not the best apology ever? Sorry. Perfect. Okay. I'll get back on track here. So uh, I had another tip of the week and I forgot it. So um, <laughs> instead instead of uh, giving a good tip of the week, I just want to evangelize what we had previously talked about before in regards to Git Rebase. And if you haven't listened to the series of episodes that we did on, um, on Git, I guess we're not friends, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we did do a, a deep dive on Git and how that, how that works and everything. And one of those episodes we talked about was in regards to rebasing things. And specifically, I recall at the time, Alan pointed this out. I didn't even realize this was an option, but, um, cause when I do rebase, uh, I don't rebase often, but what I do, <laughs> right. uh, um, you know, I typically like mix it in as part of a pull operation. So my common workflow is I'll do get pull dash dash rebase equal true origin trunk. Right. Um, and, and in that case, you know, I'm pulling from origin, a, a, an, a remote named origin and I'm pulling a branch called trunk and I'm going to rebase all of my commits on top of that. And in that one episode, Alan, you called out that you could say like re dash dash rebase equals interactive. And, uh, and when we did that episode, we went through like all kinds of cool things that you could do, uh, 
when you're in the interactive rebase operation. And for the most part, like, you know, definitely like if you're going to rebase, definitely, you know, be careful, know what you're doing and, you know, know that you're not editing shared history, yada, yada, yada. You've heard that disclaimer a thousand times. It's meaningful, but whatever. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm not trying to like, you know, yeah, definitely. But I mean, by now it's 2024. We've heard it. Uh, for the most part, they're like, I don't really ever have a need though to like do some of the crazy cool things that you can do aside from squash. Right. Mm-hmm. But where I found myself in this situation recently was I had a whole slew of commits that, that I had been iterating on some effort. And when I was ready to like package this thing up as a, as a pull request, I very specifically wanted to give everyone on the team uh, different commits that if they needed to cherry pick something, right, they could cherry pick one of the commits and it didn't have to be an all or nothing. And then at the end of the day, there were three bodies of work that I really wanted to have as three separate commits. They were all part of the same effort, so that's why they were part of the same pull request. But, But they affected like different things that where, you know, you could make an argument that I should have done them as three separate pull requests and you know, you're fine for making that argument, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's, it's fair, but you know, it was one body of work and, and, but the point is, is that like during my iteration of all of these things, right. I didn't necessarily work on each one of them independently. So to to like add a little bit more color to it. And so it doesn't seem so vague. Like, uh, imagine that you're working on things for Alpine and you're working on some things that affect like Debian or Ubuntu and the things that affect Alpine have nothing to do with any of the stuff you're doing with Debian or Alpine or Ubuntu, but yet collectively they all go together. Right. Uh, as far as like one, one body of work that you're doing, but the commits don't necessarily, you could have one without the other. And so what I wanted to do is package all the Alpine commits into one and all the Debian ones into one. Right. And then there was some other stuff where I was just doing some cleanup Um, and using the interactive rebase option, I was able to like reorganize all my commits to, to like uh, put them in the order that I wanted to, which is crazy cool. That you yeah, can do. It's amazing. It's just so insane. Like, oh, I'm just going to, like, copy this line and move it up there. And now, but, guess but what? But what's even more insane is what you're about to say that you did after that. What, I merged it? No. I, did I assume that you squashed oh, certain yeah. ones no, 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 together yeah. no, and then I, squashed I, other I re- ones together. Yeah, so I reordered all of the commits into the order that I wanted, and I purposely did that so that I could squash a group of commits together, right? Mm-hmm. So that I had these three groups of commits that eventually got squashed into three separate commits. And it's just so crazy awesome that you can do that, that I wanted to just like, once again, evangelize Git, but specifically this ability to do your interactive rebase that we discussed in a prior episode. So So you, you were basically able to treat it like you had done your work in a completely different order than what you did it in. Yeah. And put it into three concise chunks that people could, could use if they needed. Yeah. And, and, and I did it that way so that like, if there was ever a, you know, if anyone ran into a problem in one of those specific things, like they could get 
oh, I want the Alpine commits, but I don't care about the Debian or vice right. versa, right? Like I wanted to give you as a member of you know the, of our developer community the ability to choose which commit you want to uh, to cherry pick without having to take all or nothing. Yep. You know, and I definitely didn't want to encourage like, oh, just copy, you know, the file or re remake the change or whatever. I wanted to be able to give you the ability to like, hey, here's the easy button, cherry pick that one commit. That's awesome. So yeah. Um thanks for listening. <laughs> hey. What rebasing is the best? What's what? that? Oh. Rebasing is the best. But hey, uh also speaking of things that are best, uh you can subscribe to us on oh. iTunes, Spotify more using your favorite podcast app. We're still doing all that, huh? That's right. Hey, <laughs> and you sure? can you can leave us a review if you go to codingblocks.net slash review. We got some helpful links there. Hey, and while you're up there, make sure you check out the show notes, examples, discussions, and more. And check out our Slack channel at codingblocks.net slash Slack. I said all of that. In, no, you did. You did. It was implied. A few words. I it said, implied. I, I'm yeah, so Thanks angry. for listening. <laughs> uh, it's all there. <laughs> it hurts. Man, it, we're going to have to cut this, put it at the top of the show. Be like, hey, no, yeah. for real, for real. We're, we're a show that's been around for a minute. We're going to tell them at the top of the show, thanks for listening. I can make that happen. Oh. <laughs> we have a website, too. We do have a website. <laughs> There's your fun web project. Man. Yeah, there you go. We're going to have AI remake it at some point. Just for fun. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs>